Waterways and islands as far as the eye can see. Bald eagles, beavers, moose, bear, billion-year-old rock formations, diamond skies, and the northern lights. On this episode of RV Miles, Voyagers National Park. Welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And this is episode 10. We are in double digits now of the RV Miles podcast. If you want to find today's show notes, you can do so at rvmiles.com slash episode 10. You can also find RV Miles on social media at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if you want to keep up with Jason and I and our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, we write about our personal travels over at ourwanderingfamily.com. And we are also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. This week on the show, we're going to share some of our favorite affordable affordable pieces of RV living gear. Yes. We're also going to talk about the place where we are right now. <laughs> right now. We've been so inspired by it that we couldn't wait to talk about it. So we, we mentioned last week we were going to talk about Minneapolis, St. Paul, the Twin Cities this week, but we're going to, we're going to we're, push we're that changing back. It up. We're going to push that back. We're going to do that later. <laughs> yes. We're, we are at Voyagers National Park. We are in the upper northern part of Minnesota, We're the tippy way, top. way, way up there. <laughs> we are. So, and it has been great. We've been here. It'll be a week. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, we actually will have been gone, but we will be here for a whole week. We have been exploring the park, hiking, boat rides, junior ranger, visitor center. It's just been amazing, but we are going to talk a little bit more about that later in the podcast. But now, let's hit the news. Let's hit it. So, this has been in the works for quite a while, but Outdoor World and Cabela's have completed (laughs) their $4 billion merger. Bass Pro Shops bought out Cabela's. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. No, Bass Pro Shops was the bigger company, and they were in sort of better shape, so they bought out Cabela's. So, So, it's official. Yeah, we're... You know, we'll see what that means for consumers. But no one's changing their name, right? Like, no. I like the sound of Cabela's. The companies <laughs> are, they're, they're going to operate the stores separately. But things like uh, your, if you have a credit card from one of the two and get the, you know, get the loyalty points, that sort of stuff will will be able to be used at both stores. Gift cards will be honored at both stores. That sort of stuff. You'll be able to make returns at, at both stores. But, you know, there's less competition now in sort of the outdoor yeah. gear market. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about that earlier this week when you told me that this had gone through. And that was like the first thing that came to my mind is like now there's not really as much large retail competition. Yeah. You know, you've got the smaller stores like REI, North Face, they're really, really specific to what they sell. Yeah, even like Walmart, it's... Exactly. Like, it's three aisles at Walmart. Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's were the two, like, mega chains. And I think for some people, they might throw shields in there, but that's... I'm not quite sure that's really... And sporting goods. Yeah, but they're more, I feel like, geared towards actual, like, sports, like, recreational. And, I mean, I guess you could say that... Hiking they, and backpacking, it, they, they are recreational. Focus. It's yeah, a different focus. It's a different focus. Yeah. And so I just wonder how this is going to play out in regards to like pricing and competition of offerings now that these two top of the food chain companies have come together and just decided to start a partnership. Yeah. What I do love is that they have sort of announced a renewed commitment to conservation. Both companies have always been great. Yeah. Conservational. They've been companies. good stewards. And they've sort of completed this merger at the same time as opening their new, uh, it's called the Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium in Springfield, Missouri. That's where Outdoor World or Bass Pro Shops was headquarters. headquartered and HQ. where the main headquarters of the new company will be. And so this Wonders of Wildlife. Center. It's larger than the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History. 
35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, birds, 350,000 square foot complex in the 7,000 person town of Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. And being from Missouri, being a Missourian myself, this kind of blows my mind that Springfield has this. And as you and I have been talking about what we were going to do with the back half of our October, uh, Springfield just made the short list of like... <laughs> it's on the way. We, it is, because we were talking about kind of staying in and around the Midwest area anyway, as we were rolling into the holiday season to be closer to family. And now I think we have a good excuse to head over to Springfield and check this place out. So Not that we needed an excuse to stop at a Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops <laughs> no, before. <laughs> We've never needed an excuse. <laughs> no. We've never. No. We could stroll those aisles for hours and look at the same things over and over. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll probably in the next, you know, month or so, maybe we'll have a little update. What's next in the news? So. <sighs> oh, yes. I love this piece of news so much. So we're going to talk a little bit about some gear uh, that we love that's affordable. That's affordable. This week. this week is affordable gear. Next week, I'm, I've am i got a list that I'm putting together of sort of gear that I'm excited about. It's not all super expensive, but some of it is. It's stuff we don't have but want. It's okay. the wish list stuff. Let me just right. throw this out here before these two podcasts get started. This list this week was put together by me because I like things that are affordable and practical and get lots of use in our house. Jason is putting next week's article together, which is completely unaffordable things that we will barely ever use. That's not true. That's not true. And this is this is a perfect example. Okay. So this is a little teaser of, of next week's list. Just one item that is on the list. It's an extravagance, but it's not as expensive as you would think. So a company that I have always loved, and I think you do too. Yes, we do really. BioLite. They make these little camp stoves that use, you throw sticks or twigs or whatever in them, and they've got a fan inside, and the fan is powered by a thermocoupler <laughs> that gets electricity it's up from to the, the flux heat. capacitor it that will send you back in time. <laughs> no, it, get, it it's powered by the heat of the fire, and you can charge your cell phone or anything off of the USB port on it. It's a pretty cool little device. Yes, and, and it's very compact. I mean, it, they have always been making stuff yeah. that is geared toward the backcountry backpacker. And recently they created a larger version of that product, which is a sort of a cooking stove that you can cook lots of stuff on and it has a bigger opening in it. And and the reason they created that product was for was actually for third world countries where I guess a third of the world is still still cooks over fire. And people are dying from smoke inhalation. And that was really their impetus for creating that product, which is another reason I just really love this company. Anyway, the new product, it's actually on Kickstarter. It's not available yet, but you can fund their Kickstarter and you can get one. It's sort of based on this technology. So these these fires that are in these devices are virtually smokeless because of the fan. It burns everything so efficiently that there's no smoke. So what they have done is created a fire pit using this technology. So it is a it is a fire pit that you set outside. It's rectangular. You can put about four logs in it, and it has fifty two I think jets of air that blow at the fire using a big battery pack, and they supercharge the fire so that there's no smoke. And it is controlled by an app, so you have you can have an app so connected to tech. your fire pit. It's so great. I think of via all Bluetooth. Of, <laughs> I think everything about this is like they were inside my head, and they were like, "How can we get Abby to get allow Jason to go buy a BioLite product?" <laughs> because one of the things I love a campfire. I love a good campfire. But we always have an issue where there is something about post-campfire smoke smell yeah. that just really doesn't set well with me. And a lot of times, 
because you're usually the one who likes to get down in there and mess with the fire and like try to be all like, let me flint and steal this and everything. And so (laughs) then you smell like the smoke or you're like, oh, it's a wet fire. No big deal. I'm still going to do it anyway. And you'll come in and I'll be like, oh, oh, babe, you've got to go change those clothes because I can't handle this post campfire smell. So I feel like BioLite just, like, they just knew that I needed this in my life because you need a campfire regardless of the situation. It's true. It has rained all week, and you have tried every night to have a fire. (laughs) Anyway, I think this product is going to be a big hit with RVers. It's it's mesh all around the outside, so you can actually see the fire inside it. It is really neat that you can see it. And... You know, again, it's a smokeless campfire, and it's two hundred bucks to get one to fund the Kickstarter and get one. And if you do it now, it comes with a carrying bag that has a solar panel on top of it that will charge it. It just up the game. And I think two hundred bucks for a. I think you would pay two hundred bucks for a non-electric, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, air blasting been... fire pit that's that has smoke. It would have been really <laughs> nice to have had. Last week when we were in River Falls, Wisconsin, at that city campground, yeah. if listeners will remember, um, because that did not have fire pits there. And so there were a few people that had their own, like, fire ring that they had brought with them. And that one dude that had, I don't know what that thing was, that he was carrying around. Remember, it was, like, two oh. stories, and the fire was, like, on the second story. Yeah. It almost looked like it was, like, a vertical this fire. big, giant crazy. iron uh, he needed a biolite. I would have walked him yeah. over a biolite and been like, "Here, sir, this is this is for you. Please put your smoky fire out." Uh, I will put a link to their Kickstarter video so you can see. I mean, they show you they turn the app, they turn the fan on with the app, and you see <laughs> the smoke disappear. Uh, so it's really I, cool. we'll put a, put the video in in the show notes. Wow, BioLite, we just talked a really long time about you. And we're like, <laughs> look, we're not getting bit. money from BioLite. No, nope, They're not giving nope. us free products or anything. This is just that cool. <laughs> yeah, we just came across it and we just thought it was that cool. So there you go. All right, so that's news. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some affordable gear that we love for RVing. We sure are. But first, we're going to talk about our friend's RV share. Have you been tossing around the idea of renting an RV and taking a massive road trip? Or perhaps you want to rent out your RV, make a little extra cash as we roll into the holiday season. Either way, RV Share has got you covered. With their safe, easy-to-use, peer-to-peer online system, RV Share has a renter or rental out there for you. All rentals are backed by a $10,000 peace of mind guarantee, 24-7 roadside assistance, and with both private owner and dealer selections, RV Share has just the right RV to get you out on that road trip. For more information, visit rvmiles.com slash rvshare and get started today. Last week's brain teaser. Here we go. Here we we go. go. A family lives in a large tower apartment building, 10 floors high. Every day, their son takes the elevator from the family's apartment on the 10th floor to the ground floor and goes to school. When he returns in the afternoon, he uses the elevator to get to the 5th floor, and then uses the stairs for the remaining 5 floors. Why? Because the elevator only goes down? No. (laughs) Because he's little and he can't reach the buttons higher than 5. (laughs) <laughs> he's like a little Henry. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't say he went to preschool. Like he could they... be like he could be like Ethan's age, and like that's... the buttons could be really high up. Fair enough, but that's a little less like it's a little misleading because I was thinking the kid was like it's 10 a brain or teaser. They're saying, supposed to be misleading. I'm just saying. I thought it was like a Jack aged kid, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Like the elevator only goes down ten and up five. <laughs> All right, we'll have this week's brain teaser at the end of the show. Let's talk cheap. <laughs> cheap. <laughs> well, it's not it's not all cheap stuff. No, it's, it's all, not all cheap. It's I should... stuff that's affordable that 
that we get a lot of use out of that isn't like wasteful, affordable. Yeah. So the reason why I put this article together, and this article is actually going to be over at the OurWanderingFamily.com page, and we'll link to it in the show notes. But, you know, a lot of times this time of year, fall gear guides start coming out, and all of the stuff is so fantastic and really cool, and you get really swept up into it. And then you start looking at the pricing, and it's like $25, $30 water bottles. And I think to myself, if I bought that water one water bottle for my whole family... I would spend $125 to $150 on water bottles. Right. And, you know, these are just items on this list that work for us. I cannot say what will work for other people, but just in our life as travelers and RVers, some of these things we've been using for years and some of these things we just picked up in the last year or so. So I just wanted to get that out there before we start this list and someone emails me and is like, that's the worst idea I've ever heard for my life. And I, it doesn't work for your life. I totally get it. But these things do work for us. So on the article where these products are available, you can click on the links and you can go purchase them. I do want to say that we are an Amazon affiliate. Yes. And that means if something is available on Amazon, we link to it on Amazon. And if you click through that link and you buy it, we get a few pennies. And that's yeah. nice. It has nothing to do with our recommendations. Absolutely we could recommend not. any product on Amazon. And, you know, since we've been doing this, we've made about 40 cents. <laughs> yeah. So Full disclosure, <laughs> like, we are not trying to, like, all of these products on but, here. Are, you could walk into my RV right now and find all of them. So the first thing I put on there, because they've been on my mind, given the week that we've had here at Voyagers, is... Keens, the sandal Keens. I know you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, Abby, come on, that's such an obvious pick. But we have been using Keens, specifically the Newport H2s for our boys since before we were full time travelers. These sandals, they are just perfect for almost all seasons, minus the snow on the ground. Yeah, if, if so, if you're not familiar, they, they kind of have. They wrap entirely around your foot. There's sort mm-hmm. of webbing that goes around the heel, goes over the top, and then the toe is completely covered. Yes. And it's got a rugged sole. So it's like wearing an outdoor shoe, but it's an open-air sandal, so it doesn't get hot. You can walk They're through- They're breathable. You, you can walk through water. They're waterproof. You can throw them in the washer. And yeah, you know, everyone knows this to be true. Keens, after a while- Stink. The keen stink is a real thing, and the struggle. <laughs> they is say real. antimicrobial, <laughs> and and maybe they are more than the other sandals. I don't know, but they can stink. <laughs> but they can stink, and we can certainly smell when it is time to throw them in the washer. But the reason why they've been on my mind is because we have now had a week where we have been in a very urban environment. When we were in Minneapolis, we were walking around at the outdoor um, sculpture garden. We went to the Mall of America, and we were doing very sort of like urban city trekking. Those shoes were great. We get here to Voyagers and we have been hiking in kind of wet and muddy terrain. You know, earlier this week, we went on a three mile round trip hike and we all wore Keens and they were perfect. Our feet were not tired. Our feet were protected. It was a very rocky, root infested trail. And those shoes absolutely performed. Now, the thing about these shoes is that they are expensive. Right. You, we, we started out by saying this is going to be an affordable list. But they're a great value. They're a great value. But, and I put this in the article, here's the trick, at least for us, when it comes to justifying these purchases. You buy them off season. Every year, starting in September, you can go into a retailer, like when we went to Active Endeavors, hmm. and I was able to get next season shoes for the boys, Keens, for like 40 to 50% off. I think I ended up spending $25 a pair as opposed to $50. So that's the trick with these shoes. And I think for us and our family, I am kind of that way with anything when it comes to clothes and shoes. I buy off season and I buy a size ahead for my boys. I just know that next year, Jack's going to be in this size. Ethan's going to be in this size. And you can save hundreds of dollars doing that as long as you're okay with not 
maybe getting the hottest color or yeah. the, and, the in it style right now. And Keens don't wear out like a lot of other shoes, no, especially sandals. So you, usually you wouldn't use shoes as hand-me-downs for kids because they, they wear out so easily. Yeah. But we've been able to pass Keens on Yeah, a bit. when our boys were younger, we yeah. have. Now that they're older and now that we're using them they, more. They wear them a little dumb, yeah. but they last they last a long time compared yeah. to any other shoes we ever buy. Yeah. <laughs> Moving along. Yes. Our electric kettle. There are a lot of electric kettles out there, and they can be incredibly expensive. We have an electric kettle from Walmart. It's the Mainstays, which is, I think, a Walmart brand. This kettle cost us $10, and it's fantastic. I mean, for me to have an electric kettle that I can get water heated up fast, and I can get coffee made (laughs) before I have to really say good morning to anyone is essential to my day. If if you're using your electric water heater or propane water heater and you want to save power or propane, it's a great way to heat up a small amount of water yes. quickly. And if you're in a pop-up or something or you don't, and you don't have a water heater, yeah. it's perfect for that. Absolutely. And that's what I was thinking about too. You know, it's our kettle is very small in the sense that it doesn't take up a lot of room. It lives permanently in the corner of our counter. And I was thinking, you know, if you are in a camping situation tent pop-up where water, hot water is not readily accessible, something like this would be great for getting those dishes done for quick hot water in the morning. Or even if you just like wanted to take, you know, just kind of like a quick like wipe down bath and you wanted some hot water to do that with. And it's $10. Can't beat that. No, you can't. And again, it's there'll be a link. It's just Walmart Mainstays Electric Cuddle. And that combined with our next item (laughs) is is, what makes my life happy. (laughs) It's really the best way to make coffee, we think. We think. And that's with the French press. And I know, and I said it in the article, pour over people are going to be like, you are wrong. It's the pour over that makes the best cup of coffee. But we feel like, and I feel like, that the French press makes the exact kind of cup of coffee that I want for the two of us. And we have, and again, French presses, they range all over the place. I don't know. There, you can buy a $200 <laughs> French you press, can. and I don't know why you ever would, because well, a $12 French press works exactly the same. Well, that's the difference between those of us who love coffee and those of us who just like... <laughs> love spending money on coffee. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the things... So our French press, again, is an inexpensive... Bodum French press. I think it cost around $20. The reason why I put this on there is because prior to buying this, I really tossed around buying that camping French press that GSI Outdoors makes. And I think it was like a $40 or $50 French press. I really went back and forth with myself on this. I went back and forth on whether or not I wanted to get the collapsible pour overs that are also camping focused. And that's something we talked about on a couple episodes ago, is that you're in an RV, you don't necessarily always need stuff that is made for more rugged versions of camping. No, absolutely not. If you just can't, if you're in the heading out into the backcountry and you cannot stand the idea of a Starbucks via touching your lips while you are out there, you go and spend that money. And or you the get- cost. A Starbucks via is a, a dollar a little package. <laughs> it is, but it offsets if you don't, you know, buy yeah. a $50 French press. It is a glass... It is a glass It's glass. Container. It's in a metal frame, but it's glass. Yeah. But we, we haven't had an issue with that at all. But we've had it for a year and it hasn't been an issue. Yeah. And I think a lot of people's hesitations about French press and, and my hesitation a long time ago when I got my first French press is getting grounds in the coffee. It seems like something that would oh, no, get that grounds in the happen. coffee. We've never had a single ground in the coffee. No. It just doesn't happen. It's totally fine. It is it is a really robust cup of coffee, and I think you'll really love French press coffee. And that's if, saying a lot because Jason does not drink coffee. I'm not a big coffee not person, big coffee. but I, I enjoy coffee. it now and then. All so, right, moving all on. Right. So one of the things that we love in our family is we love books. We love audiobooks. We've talked a little bit about this, I think, in the past. That was probably the hardest thing for me when we downsized our life. How do I let go of all the books? 
that we had collected over the years. We still have we have a tote of children's books that rides in our van behind us. Be quiet. Because we we haven't been able to decide which ones need to go and which ones get to stay. Just be quiet, okay? So don't tell my book secrets. So one of the really great things though is because it can get really expensive, um, a to have all these books with you as you're traveling around, but then also between the different subscriptions between Audible or Kindle Unlimited or buying Nook books through Barnes and Noble, that can get really expensive. But if you are a member of your public library, then you have access to their ebook and audiobook selection. And you'll want to check with your public library to see which company they use. But I think at this point, across the board, Overdrive is the company that is now handling like all ebook and audiobook for public libraries. Please don't quote me on that. But the few libraries I went around to, including our own Chicago Public Library, uses Overdrive. And you just download it. And what it'll prompt you to do is input your information about your public library. You'll put in your library card or your zip code or however they set it up with that particular public library. And then through that app, you will then have access, free access, to the thousands, tens of thousands of ebooks and audiobooks that you could check out through your public library. It does not matter where you are in the country, you will have free access through this app to these books. And this has been such a great thing for our family. You can't just go get any book that you want at any time. No. They have limited numbers of books that you're able to check out just like at the library. So you do, you often have to get on a waiting list. Yeah. Like all the popular things are probably going to be waitlisted. So if you don't mind waiting and picking up a different book to read while you're waiting, then this is a great service for you. If you are someone who really wants to have that book, the day it comes out or that audiobook the day it's released, then perhaps you do want to look into the subscription services like Audible. Kindle Unlimited could be a great option for you. That's $9.99 a month. And that gives you access to, you know, Kindle's tens and thousands of Kindle books along with magazines and newspapers and whatnot. And there's nothing better than a book on a rainy day or on a travel day or just sitting around a lazy night by the campfire. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Moving right along, we have a couple of collapsible laundry baskets. We have two different types. I am only recommending one of the two, the Camco Collapsible Laundry Basket. This basket we purchased... And I will say, I think this is pricey for a laundry basket. It retails for around $18. That's still not too bad. It's not too bad. But, you know, I still was like, oh, this is one of my bigger (laughs) ticket items on here. But it's it's like a regular laundry basket that you would have at home, but it collapses completely flat. Yeah, and that's great. I think when you are living in a tiny home situation or space is limited anywhere, to have something that you can collapse down and put into a space is really great. And we are able to collapse it down. And what's nice about it, though, is that it's not... it's almost it's accordion. Collapse. Yeah, if you took if you took a regular laundry basket and kept the top rim and you kept the bottom, but you made all the sides rubber, that's kind of what it is. And the accordion close that's such a good into a flat thing. That's such a good description. <laughs> and you know, this is a laundry basket, and so there's not much that can be said about it, but it is really durable. We have found multiple uses for it besides being our friend on laundry day. We have thrown wet clothes into it when we have come back and needed somewhere quickly to put things. We have used it to store smaller little items on travel days that we want to have just kind of down and in a secure and contained space. You can pick it up, I think, um, Camping World has them, I think Walmart, um, and also on Amazon. But the thing is, RVs, they always forget places to put laundry. Yeah, and, they do. <laughs> and it's really, you have to sort of figure out your own solution, and this is a great one. We're going to go back into the kitchen for a second, and I want to talk a little bit about water bottles. I feel like we have tried every water bottle out there, and we keep coming back time and time and time again to Contigo. And specifically to the Contigo Auto Seal Trekker Kids water bottle. That is such a mouthful, but it is hands down the best. Just remember, it's the Trekker, Trekker. with two Ks, Contigo Trekker. Yes. It, it's a perfect size. 
it, the mechanism is really easy for kids to operate. They can't spill it on accident. Yeah. It, it's easy to clean. Yeah, I think that's the two things for me. It's easy to clean because there are no extra pieces. There's no straws or little yeah, tiny you rubber. You often have to pull out like, a piece of rubber, and that has yes. to be sanitized. And it, There's none of, none of that. It is literally the cup and the lid. But it has this auto-seal technology that when they press down to drink... And then they let go. It does. They're no. It's no joke. It seals itself. So they don't have to remember to close the water bottle lid or push it down. Everything is done. It fits perfectly in their little backpacks. And it's great. We have been using this particular brand of water bottle since Jack was like four years old. And we have the the sort of adult version, the Cortland water bottle. Yes. And it sort of works the same way, but it also has a, uh, it's larger, much larger. Much larger. It's 32 ounces. Yeah. I think these are 12. And it has like a, a ring for a carabiner so we can hook it on yeah. backpacks and things like that. Yeah. Like, and again, it's another one of those really sturdy water bottles. Like, but you can, you can pay $60 for a ridiculous water bottle. And, yes. And some of them... They just don't last or, you know, you lose them. You don't want to lose something that's $60. You pay 12 bucks for a Contigo. You don't feel as horrible leaving it somewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, is I feel like their price point, like I think two of the kid Trekker bottles on Amazon right now, I think it's like $17 for two. That's great. So it is great. But it's also, you know, again, in a price point where... If it was to be lost, I wouldn't be like, I just spent $25 on this water bottle for you and now it's gone. For the price, it is such a quality product. It is it's probably the best value on this list for the for the price. Yes, and it's what's really great about it too, I think, and then we'll move on from this, is that not only, you know, when we first started getting these water bottles, I was only able to get them through Amazon or online. But over the years, as their popularity has grown, you can now find them in Targets and Walmarts and other retail stores. So they are easy to replace when you are traveling around, should something happen and you need to replace it. So moving on to other liquid holding devices. Talking about major retailers, (laughs) there is no denying that the Yeti Rambler Awesome. Yeah. All, well, all the different drink holder, the tumblers, yes. the the little Rambler, the those Yeti mugs are just so cool. Yes. And they're so cool. They're they're so hip. Like they just make you seem like a hip camper. And I can't see anything with the name Yeti on it and not like start putting it into my cart. And then you being like, we don't need a three hundred and fifty dollar cooler. <laughs> and me being like, I don't understand what you're talking about. So. The but. the thirty ounce Yeti Rambler is thirty four ninety nine. Plus, you have to pay extra for the lid. Yes, it. you do. So, we have never purchased anything Yeti because we could never reconcile ourselves with owning a thirty five dollar cup. And we happened to hear last year. I think it was a podcast or a review of the Ozark Trail tumblers. Ozark Trail, for those of you who don't know, is a brand that is specifically sold at Walmart. Yeah, it's it's their store brand of, it's of, their store of brand. kind of camping outdoor gear. And up until I would say the last year or so, they weren't really in the game. Like they yeah. weren't a brand that I looked at and was like, that's a solid brand that I could feel like is going to stick around. I would say over the last year or two, they have really started to up their game, up the quality of their brand. And one of the things that they have done is they have created their version of that Yeti Rambler in a 30-ounce, a 20-ounce. I think you can also get it for, like, your beer can. Yeah, there's a a can holder that is the stainless. So these are the stainless steel The stainless steel. And they're all sub $10. The 30-ounce Ozark Trail Tumbler retails for $9.75. However, it is currently on sale at Walmart for $8.75. That is a huge difference between the $34.99 Yeti. And here's the big thing. So I watched a somebody do a an ice test a sort of yes tested, that's what it was. tested three different brands of these stainless steel cups mugs tumblers ozark trail actually outperformed 
the Yeti. Yeah, and I totally did not like. I yeah. wasn't buying it, and I was like, okay, but let's go ahead and get one because they're nine. They're under ten dollars. Let's give it a try. I ate my words. I drank my words as I drank my ice cold drink. If you if you fill this thing with ice and and pour water over it, and you are outside on a ninety degree day, there will be ice in there two oh, hours later. There will be. <laughs> they're, they're great. They're really and, great. And they fit in a regular cup holder in your vehicle. Yeah. And there's no shame in the game. I have no shame in saying that I went and bought the $10 Ozark <laughs> Trail tumbler because I'm cheap. I have no shame in that. Yeah. Because no. then I pocketed that money and I went and bought something and, else with it. <laughs> and it comes with the lid. You don't have to pay extra right. for the lid. Moving on. And we're going to just kind of move quickly, I feel like, through these last ones. And again, like we said... You can go check out this full article for yourself and see whether or not you agree with some of our choices. But the next thing I wanted to bring up was the most expensive item on the list. It's expensive. And it is the GSI Outdoors Pinnacle Camper Nesting Cook Set. Say that five times fast. So this is this is our cook set. You know, we this don't, is our kitchen you, set. Yep. You're traveling in an RV. You could you can bring whatever you want with you. You can bring regular you cookware. Sure and we do have a few things. We actually have a cast iron skillet that we, we bring along with Heavy us. Heavy as heck. But we we use this this nesting cook set that is sort of meant for kind of backpacking. Um, you know, it's like yeah, family nests, backpacking. Yeah. So it's a hundred and forty dollars. And what it comes with is and I know before you say Abby, a hundred and forty dollars, whoa. But listen, it comes with a big pot, which is big enough to make a family size pasta meal. Nests inside of that is a smaller pot, which totally rocks a box of macaroni and cheese. You have four small plates. You have four bowls that are triangular shaped. And inside of those four triangular shaped bowls sits four cups with lids. Then you also have... And those have, are insulated cups that yes, you can use as a coffee mug, Which too. they have... Repl- and they have coffee mug lids uh-huh. on them. And we have replaced our coffee mugs in Bussy and just used these now because I kept getting sad that my coffee mugs were breaking. So on top of that, you also have a fry pan. And then each pot has a lid. And on that lid, on one side, are holes where you can use the lid in the pot as its own self-containing strainer. And these are the the lids are rubber, so they're always cool to the touch yes. too. All of this stuff nests inside the one large pot. Yes. All of it. And it's not I don't know, six inches tall, ten no, inches wide. It's totally and it hooks and you could easily like it it's in one cabinet in here in the bus where everything is kept. Or when we were a tent camping family, and this is actually when we bought this. So we have had yeah. this set for over three years now. And we took this with us when we were a tent camping family. And it was perfect. It was perfect for packing up and taking with us. And it's just something that we have kept with us. We have added on a few additional plates. It does not come with silverware. You know, we've added a few additional. We've actually bought round bowls because the kids like having cereal out of circular bowls, you know. So we've added a few things to it. But this is our overall main kitchen setup. And I like the fact that it can take a beating and it's lightweight and it doesn't take up a lot of space. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, all of our cookware sits in a cabinet that is smaller than any other cabinet that we had in our house. <laughs> and we've had home. some tiny kitchens. <laughs> yeah. So it, it the only thing that that I think we maybe don't like about this set is that the fry pan isn't quite big enough for some yeah. of the meals we like to cook in a fry pan, which is why we have the, the cast, cast iron, iron skillet. Along so, well. you know, I went back and forth about putting this on the list, but then when I really thought about it's been three years and how much value we've deal. gotten out of it. And if you just, you know, again, this is one of those things, if you know, going down the line, like that, this is you're going camping or, you know, you're going to be transitioning into full time or, you know, whatever, just keep your eye out for sales. And, and just, you know, have that in your wish list on Amazon and set up that notification that if it does, you know, hit a sale, then boom, go get it. Next on the list, individual backpacks. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't a That crazy... was so dramatic the way I, like, <laughs> led into that. Like <laughs> This isn't a crazy out there thing. No. Nope. But 
but it's not something we had really thought about before because our kids are homeschooled. They've never been like <laughs> backpack kids. No, nope, never been. But we do not go out on a trail without all of our kids carrying their own backpack. Yeah. So having the kids carry their own, they can put their own raincoat in there if, it, if the weather looks snack, might rainy. They carry their water changing bottle. Changing socks, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. It it eases the load on us a little bit, but also gets them used to the idea of having something on yeah, the back where they're them, hiking, have them, they're responsible for their own selves. Yes, and I think it's really important, too, because it does give them a sense of responsibility, but it also gives them a little bit of sense of ownership on the trail. I'm thirsty. I can take care of that myself. I need a snack. I can take care of that myself. That's right. You know, and that also eases the constant mom that like you know i hear from point one mile to the end of the trail and finally the last thing we're going to talk about and there are a couple other items on the list yeah. but you can read those on the on the website if you yeah if but this like is getting to. long and so <laughs> we'll wrap it so up so the last one we want to talk about is we use the old-fashioned oil lamps the kerosene lamps we love with them. the wick inside of them that you can we use the stand sport lamp they have it at walmart they're seven dollars a piece so if you break one or damage them it's not a big deal but they're kind of toughy i mean they're they, pretty they tough stick it out we aren't exactly like nice to them sometimes out we, there so instead we use these in lieu of electric you know battery powered right lamps outside battery powered lanterns um, we or, also and like we don't the use the gas, color. the sort of gas Coleman ones either. We're not yeah. really fans of those. They're they're pretty dim. That's a smooth, easy that nice yellow, yellow light. glow. Yes, and I just they love will, that yellow glow. And they will burn forever on yeah. a few ounces of kerosene. Yeah, you can you know we leave them going all night on, on accident all the time, wah, and it's wah. it's never they never run out. <laughs> no, they're great, and again they're inexpensive you know we can have i think three or four of them around the campsite and that's that's plenty yeah and what we don't like we don't like spreading a lot of light pollution around the campground we don't want to yeah we don't want our light to go into our neighbor's camper that sort of stuff so we like to have it really nice and dim outside outside we we also have you know a couple low lights on the on the bus as well, but, yeah. but these are really great for our, our sort of everyday outdoor use. Yeah, so there you have it, folks. That's just a few items, and by a few, I mean probably five too many, that we kind of feel like are affordable, get everyday use out of, big bang for your buck kind of items. You can check out the full article. Again, it'll be over at ourwonderingfamily.com or in the rvmiles.com slash episode 10 show notes. Um, But also, you know, if you have a product that you use that you think is just really great and would fall into this category, we would love to hear that. Like, we are always looking for ways that we can improve our quality of life as we're traveling without busting the budget. Yeah, I I also want to add that we're picky about what we carry with (laughs) us. I mean, we've got a limited amount of space. So these are things that we... We, honest to God, use all the time and are really useful to us. Yep. So on that note, we should take a little break. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Voyagers National Park. Okay, we are back. And... We are having such a great time here in northern Minnesota. We're having, I think, like a surprisingly great time. Like way better than I thought it was going to be. We took the long drive from the Minneapolis area up here. Long for us. It was like 330 miles. Yeah, but there's not a whole lot on the way. Yeah, ain't not much happening. Mm, it's pretty <laughs> pretty <laughs> desolate. Want to go to Walmart and buy any of those things I just said? Well, you're going to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're near International Falls, Minnesota, which is the coldest city in the lower 48 states. It is. And tonight is going to be cold. Um, I'm sitting here wrapped up in a blanket because we're going to face our coldest It hasn't been super cold while we've been here. No. But it has been a fair bit rainy. Uh, yes, and so cloudy. We're right near the border. We're we're actually staying in Little Fork, Minnesota at another city park. Um, which I'm not super impressed so with. This is a campground. 
this campground is it's nice. Um, yeah, but it's it's somewhat. It's like they threw a campground in the middle of like the city park where all the teenagers come and hang out in the evenings. Yeah, we get a lot of teenagers hanging out here. The other night, I literally sprayed down the pavilion oh, Jason. with water <laughs> to discourage the teenagers from hanging out there. Oh, it was such a get off it my lawn move. It was such an old man move. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they're hanging out drinking until two in the morning playing. And it's right across. Loud something. It's it's less than 100 feet from yeah, us. it is. It and, was really And there's nobody here to, there's a guy that's here and sort of manages the park. But I also didn't want a situation where. All right. It was a weird situation. I, I didn't want to like tattle on them and yeah. then have have them come back the next day and tear our campsite up. Or <laughs> yeah, anything. it was a weird situation. Anyway, it is a nice place for for the price. I think it's it's yeah. twenty dollars a night and or a hundred for a week, a hundred for a which week, which is a great or three hundred for a month. It's it's not far from the Voyagers National Park. I mean, no. it's about forty five minutes to each of the visitors centers, but. This campground aside, which has actually served our needs, it's been totally fine except for these few sort of little well, things. One of the difficulties is there are not a lot of campgrounds available for RVers up in this area. No, there's not. And I think maybe sometimes that's why this park gets passed by a lot. But And we almost passed it by. Like last week we were, you know, I think on the podcast we mentioned we have 36 hours and we have no idea where we're going. And we almost passed the spy and decided to go maybe to Door County or something instead. And I am so glad that we made the decision to come up here because this is one of the most beautiful parks and one of the most beautiful experiences I've had inside a park in a really, really long time. So Voyagers National Park, you might not have heard of Voyagers because it's it's a fairly new park, and I think it's just not one that gets a ton of visitors. It's not one of the big ones that that people think about often, but but it, it should, should be. be. It's yeah, it's stunning. It is. It's you know. I think it was became a park in 1974, 1975. It isn't the easiest to get to. I mean, no. it isn't the upper top of minnesota so you're right on the border of canada it's to the west of the boundary waters canoe area if you're familiar with that where you know they have tons and tons of canoeing waterways that you're not allowed to bring any sort of motorboats on that's not the case with voyagers you can bring motorboats on voyagers because you have to because the waterways are enormous yes and that's a big job for people here at Voyagers, there's a lot of boating that happens so here. So most of this park is water, or third, they say 30% third. of it, a, a third. third is water, but most of the rest of it is islands within <laughs> that water. Inside the water. <laughs> so you really do have to get on a boat to see most of the park. There's a lot to do that's not Around. on a boat, uh-huh. but really you can't come up here and not get out on the water. You're really missing out if you do Yeah, that. you have to experience Voyagers from the water at least once. While you're here. So this park has this this boreal forest with these fir trees and these birch trees. It it feels it has a feeling of the Pacific Northwest. It does. Me. And it has such a feeling of like remote, wild, open space. Because yeah. that's what it is. The rock that you'll see here, they say it's one of the only places on Earth that you can see this rock. It's half the age of the Earth. Isn't that just... It's really wild. That is so wild. And we, I think, even having been here almost a week, are still trying to wrap our heads around that idea when we're out there in the park. You can see beaver here. You can see moose. You can see we saw many bald eagles. Oh, the kids were thrilled with how many bald eagles. And we if saw. you if you come at the right time, and we weren't unfortunately able to, you can actually see the northern lights from here. Yes, uh, we you can. we could have, but we it was a couple nights that we might have were rainy. Yeah, tonight would have been perfect. But <laughs> yeah, weather hasn't exactly been like on our side while we've been here, so that's been yeah. a bit of a challenge. The park itself is. It was named for the voyagers who were these French Canadians who delivered. They, they were they were traders. They're basically they truckers. They, they, that's how they. That's how they described them to us. They, they, were, they were the they truckers, were truckers of their time of the 18th and early 19th century, mid 19th century. They paddled canoes for 16 hours a day, delivering beaver pelts 
to the Europeans. To the Europeans. So they could make their beaver pelt hats. And uh and sixteen hours a day over many, many days to get to where they're going. So this park is a small section of their route and it just contains some of the most beautiful wild wilderness you're yeah, going to see. And these men, these voyagers, it is such an interesting story to learn about them. And the fact that they would come in and push into the western parts of America into places that hadn't really been explored yet. And in a particular season, they would travel, like the video we watched said that that particular voyage they were making was going to be 1900 miles round trip. But we have read places where it is said that they have pushed as far as 3000 miles round trip in these giant birch canoes. And, like, their story and how they lived their lifestyle, it's really so fascinating. And it just gives this feeling to the park that is really hard to describe. But it gives this piece of history to the park that I think sometimes you just don't get anywhere else. Because it really does connect so many different lifestyles in one particular place. Right. Because of, like, their interaction with the um, Oyibwe Indians. And so there's the history of the Indians here. There's also the history of gold mining here. Lots of different things happening. Yeah, this park has seen a lot of action. Yeah. So, ways to explore the park. There are no RV campgrounds in nope. within the park. That's why we're in Little Fork. <laughs> <laughs> there are some there are some nearby private campgrounds, private RV parks. There the the public RV parks uh, or the public campgrounds nearby do not have hookups, not even electric. So yeah, that's why we're we're staying 45 minutes away so we could get something decently priced that but, has hookups. But if you love tent camping. Yeah, perhaps you want to ditch the RV for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. This is like the ultimate tent camping park. Because the only way you can tent camp inside this park is to put all of your stuff in a boat and then take your boat to the island where the tent sites are. And they're really nice sites. They are really nice. But I will never camp in those sites. They're all on islands. But they look fantastic. Yeah, you can, so you can go into these areas that are virtually untouched. You can go, so you have to take a boat to get onto sort of some of the main island areas, and then you can actually go into some inner lakes into the park that almost nobody is ever on, and you can use the park's canoes then on some of those lakes so you don't yeah. have to haul your boat up to these little lakes and yeah. and explore some of the lakes and trails out on, out on these wild, wild areas that, that not many people are getting to. And this is... You know, during a specific time of year in the park. What's so interesting about this park is that I think it undergoes such a dramatic change from season to season. And they were saying to us that in the winter, when everything freezes over, that it is actually the park becomes more accessible. Like you can, and I quote, drive your car out onto the lake to get (laughs) to the mine shaft. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and go check it out. And I was thinking, no, I can't. <laughs> like, that is just <laughs> wild to me. But the park absolutely in the wintertime undergoes this amazing transition as well, where you go from a really, like in the summer, spring and fall, it's all about boat, boat, boat. And then in the winter, it's skiing. Snowmobiling. Sort of like becomes this winter wonderland. And that is just so cool to me. The park has three visitor centers. We visited all three. Uh, They're all nice. There are boat tours that leave from a couple of them. Two of them have hiking trails nearby. The first one we visited was the Rainy Lake Visitor Center. And it has the Oberholzer hiking trail, about a mile long hiking trail that we took. Not too strenuous. Not too strenuous. A little rocky. And it was sort of. It's a nice introduction into what I think. Are the trails in this park? Yeah. So the terrain on any of the trails, it's it's all of this billion year old rock. Yeah, it's rocks. It's that, roots from the trees. Yeah. It's it's, it's not. They're mostly not an easy walk. If you have issues walking on not flat land, but our kids did great with it. The kids did great. Yeah. Like so, we did that particular trail, and it was a loop trail. 
And that, you know, came back, finished it. That was fantastic. And it was a nice introduction for what we did the next day, which was over at the Ash River Visitor Center. We did the Blind Ash Bay hiking trail. Before we headed out for this trail, we talked to a ranger and we said, we want to do a family hike. What would be good? He recommended this trail. He's like, it's going to be easy. It's like two and a half miles. Should take you guys about two hours. We thought, totally, that's like our trail. Let's do it. Uh, Fast forward to four and a half hours (laughs) later, three miles of what is not at all an easy trail. This was a straight up moderate, if not for some people, hard trail. It was up. It was down. It was at times some climbing almost. It was all rocks and roots. All rocks and roots. Our kids killed that trail. They owned that trail. I have never been so proud of my boys. They didn't complain once. They even were inspired during that trail to make their own little television show, which they have now, our oldest has edited and put together, and they're actually going to put out on YouTube. They called it Jack and Ethan Adventures, and they kind of took it off of, because we really love this show called Rock the Park, and it's kind of kid-based about the national parks, and they, like, they were inspired on this trail to create this world for themselves because they were enjoying it so much, yeah. whereas you and I were like, oh, man, I hope we didn't just make a colossal mistake bringing these kids out here. But we did it. Three miles. None of it was difficult. It's just the type of terrain that you can't travel fast. So three miles takes twice as long as it normally would on a flat trail. I'm sorry, but I was carrying a 31-pound child on my back for probably two-thirds of that trail. And when we were what felt like climbing up that hill, not just walking up it, but having to climb it, there were a couple times when I was like, <laughs> I I was like... Call the helicopters. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop for a second. I've got Henry on my back. I'm sweating. Y'all keep going. <laughs> I'm just going to take a minute and then I will keep going as well. It was a wonderful experience it was we felt really proud of ourselves as a family as and as as individuals and it was beautiful it had some beautiful views on this trail and we got to the top with that overlook it was a nice overlook i will say if you're somebody who is like they want to hike to a place and have (laughs) something magical at the end of that (laughs) hike this isn't exactly it because the view you get from this overlook isn't much different than the view you get from the visitor center But to, to this, us, it was really about the terrain and the changing yeah. trees. And, and then coming back, we got to follow along the bay. And, and that and, was nice. And that was beautiful. And just be warned that this overlook will want to break your phone. Abby broke her phone <laughs> screen trying to take a picture. I did. This overlook had it out for me, and it'll have it out for your phone, too. So just <laughs> keep it put away when you get there, because... I now need a new screen on my phone. So also over at the Ash River Visitor Center is the Beaver Pond Overlook. This was a very short, this was really flat. You could, I think, oh, you couldn't take a wheelchair up there. No, you absolutely couldn't. But it was very flat uh, and a few stairs. And then all of a sudden it went up. (laughs) Yeah, but only a a quarter mile to a beautiful overlook Overlooking a, a beaver pond. And by pond, it's like a lake. Like, go over to our Instagram page yeah. and check out this picture that Jason took at this overlook. Because, I mean, we can't do it justice here. It's a it big was so beautiful. clearing that's created by a beaver dam, essentially. Yeah. And if you get there... Like at dawn, you can see deer and moose and oh, beavers sure. and all. We, we didn't, didn't see get any there, of that. But it we was got there still, like two o'clock when it, everything was taken a nap. It was still gorgeous. <laughs> it was still gorgeous. So those are those. So Ash River Visitor Center. There are a couple other trails around there, and if you really want to do trails, I think that's kind of the the one to spend some 
time at. So the other way you can explore the park is by water. You can rent a boat if you want. There are a couple RV parks near the water that have boat docks that you can rent boats through them and you can have them to sort of go out and explore. We chose to take one of the national parks their own boat tours such a good decision yeah this was called the grand tour and it left from the the rainy lake visitor center it was about three hours long i think two and a half two and a half and And just you know really quick just know that this time of year the park is starting to shut down so this tour is the only tour that was left for september and they were only running it i think like twice a week yeah and also know that by the end of September, two out of three of these visitor centers will be closed for the season. Yeah, I think once you get into October, I, you're getting into cold weather. And if, if that's something that's not pleasing to you, you don't come don't, here. Don't come here. Don't come here. Um, we've been fortunate to have it be fairly warm on some days, but rainy on others. Yeah. This tour was, was great. Uh, we saw a huge swath of the park. They stopped at an island. We got off and got to explore an island and see a mine shaft on yeah, the island. Yeah, this was a little, like, the first half of the tour, I would say, is kind of focused on that gold mine rush of the late 19th century and that little uh, rainy lake city that was built. Um, and then once we push out past that, I'd say the second half of the tour is more about, like, the ecosystem and the life of the park. Yeah, from all the visitor centers, you can sort of see cabins and other sort of resort type places along the lakes. But once you get out on the boat tour, once you're out there further, everything starts to go away and it is just wide open wilderness. I was struck so many times on this boat tour when I would just stand there and I would look around and all I saw was the wilderness and nature and the water. And, you know, coming from an urban life 16 years on the north side of Chicago to stand and be able as far as my eye can see to only see water and trees and rock it just it really hit me in a place that like I can't I can't fully explain the boat takes you near the shoreline a lot you get to get up close to the trees and the rocks and the islands we saw Eagle nest after eagle nest after eagle nest, and several bald eagles flying around catching fish. The One eagle the population has exploded since the park. You know, I think he said what it was like three couples three or four couples when the park when the park opened they counted three couples and one fledgling and and now it's like 39 39 couples and i don't remember how many fledglings we really recommend that boat tour it is 30 bucks an adult and 15 a child i think the senior pass will get you 50 percent off though yeah and uh there are some other boat tours as well you can check those out they have some longer ones that go to some some other places there's a kettle falls historic hotel that's out there that you can go out there and visit and have lunch at yeah unfortunately Um, i don't think any of those tours are running now right now no but you can also rent your own boat and you can go visit all these little sites there are lots of places where they have docks to park your boat and trails to go out on the islands and you can do all that on there. You can rent a houseboat and stay out on the water. A lot of people do that, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I just feel like I can't recommend Voyagers National Park enough. It can be a little bit of a um, track to get here, but it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Also, I just want to add, if if you're interested in going into Canada, it, there is a border crossing in International Falls uh-huh. into Fort Francis, Ontario. So that's a good place to do that. The Canada side of the border is where all the good stuff is. The, <laughs> where the Starbucks is. where the Starbucks is. <laughs> There's, we've had a hard, hard time finding some of the things, you know, a couple different types of vitamins and, and just stuff yeah. like that that we've wanted around here. It's all available in Canada. We have not gone over to we get didn't it. We go to get it. But there's like a Walmart over there and, and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I will say if you don't, if crossing over to Canada does not appeal to you and you are planning to come here and you are planning to stay for a week or longer, if there's anything that you really specifically cannot live without or really need to feel comfortable when you are traveling, it might be a good idea for you to make sure that you have plenty of that before you get here there are grocery stores and and things like that and you'll 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 get 
the necessities, but often they're going to be more expensive than you would have paid otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I know it sounds really silly, but I have not been able to find children's allergy tablets, chewable tablets for our boys. Like, and they all have seasonal allergies. And I uh, didn't even think that that would be an issue, you know, so the last couple days, they've been a little congested. And they've just had to be a little congested till we get out of here. So that's Voyagers National Park. And we really hope that you'll take a look at exploring it someday, adding it to your bucket list of travels. Yeah, get on that Great River Road and then just keep going. Just keep going north once you hit Minneapolis. It's it's a beauty. You will not be disappointed. You will not. All right. So I think that's most of the show for today. One little bit of... The... Bit that everyone the most important thing <laughs> left to do is the banter about the brain teaser. This week's brain teaser. <laughs> Yay! What do you have for us this week, dear? This one is going to be a real short one. Ready? Okay, love it. And <laughs> already and my favorite. It's related. Ooh, themed. A plane crashed on the border. Of- Whoa, Jason! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> An RV crash. Is that what you want? No, I don't want any crash, but. A plane crashed on the border of U.S. and Canada. Where did they bury the survivors? I think I know the answer. And I want to say it so bad, but you told me I can't say the answer. You'll I know the answer. find out next week on RV Miles. It only took 10 podcasts for me to finally get one. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, you guys. We'll see you next week. Keep logging those RV Miles. Bye.